Good evening, good morning, good something, okay? We're here, and uh, man, we're here to worship the Lord, and hopefully you enjoyed our worship time, and that's inspired you. But uh, as you've seen in our trailer, we're studying a new series, and I get to start it off. It's called SpaceX, and uh, space is the final frontier. You know, we had the Star Wars thing going there, we had Star Trek, so we covered everybody's space expectations. And the X means Christ. So let me read that first part of what that video just started out. It says, space, discovering the glory of God. These are the journeys of Jesus Christ, the creator and king of the universe. His three-year mission to change the hearts of men, to seek out those who are lost and broken, and to boldly go where no one has gone and to return. Okay? But that's what these next three series are doing. And I'm getting to cover the first part. And uh, man, I'm getting to cover a rescuer. My story is Zacchaeus. I'm sure you're all familiar with Zacchaeus. He was a what? A wee little man. You guys were in Sunday school. You know your story is Zacchaeus. But I found out some cool things about this story that you might not know. So make sure you pay attention but before we get going, uh, man, what is the ultimate rescuer? You know, I Googled that, and I wanted to find out who the ultimate rescuer is, the world thought. And the world came up with, uh, man, these guys go out in stormy seas. These guys go out in the mountains. These guys go out in the desert. They go everywhere just to rescue somebody that's in need, okay, that their life's in danger. And these guys are pair jumpers from the Air Force, Dwayne. And they're also the Coast Guard swimmers. They go out and rescue these uh, aliens that come to our shores that don't make it in little makecraft boats and stuff. But they go out and rescue them. Uh, they put their life in danger. And they make at least 50,000 rescues a year. I thought that was pretty awesome that these guys are rescuers. But uh, one thing more, their motto it really hit me. This we do so others may live. Man, that's a good motto. But this they do so others can live. Does that remind you of anybody? Hey, that's Jesus, isn't it? Hey, I wanted to ask some people why Jesus came to earth. What would you say? Maybe uh, you would say, hey, Jesus came to be a good guy. Jesus came to show us how to live. Jesus came to uh, give us morals, give us a compass. But Jesus came to this earth to seek and to save those that are lost. And we are lost, people. We don't know it, but we are lost. Let me get you lost here today. Luke 15, he says he came and he gives these three parables of the lost coin, okay? The lost person, the prodigal son, and what's the other one doing? Oh, the lost sheep. He leaves the 90 and 9 and goes after the one. We are lost. So, uh, man, to give you more lostness thing, I always go to Romans 3.23. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But let me read just a little bit of Romans 10 through uh, 20 here. It says, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understand. There is none who seek for God, all have turned aside together. They have become useless. There is none who does good. 
There is none, not even one. There is, or their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. Uh, the poison of asp is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Uh, destruction is miserable in their paths. And in their paths they face and they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. So there are every mouth may be closed. All in the world may become accountable to God because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight for there is no law that comes to give knowledge the law comes to give knowledge of sin and then it goes Romans 3.23 for all sin fallen short of the glory of God the reason I had so much time in that is this sermon is not going to mean heck to you it's not going to mean anything to you unless you know you need a savior and we need a savior today if you look at our news today Man, this July 4th uh, weekend, there's kids killed, innocent kids killed by shootings in cities and that type of thing. There's a lot of things happening in this world. And the reason it's happening is because we are sinful people, folks. We might be in church here today, but all of us stand in need of a Savior. And that's the only reason he came is because we stand in need of a Savior. You can't get there by keeping rules. You can't get there by being good enough. That's what that scripture says. That scripture says we are useless, okay? Isaiah said it best. Our good works are like dirty rags, okay? We can't get there on our own. And Jesus knew that. That's the reason he came to earth. He came to be our savior, our rescuer. Now let's get into our scripture here. We're going to Zacchaeus, and this is in chapter 19 of Luke. And, uh, man, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I want to take it verse by verse and kind of give you just what I kind of found out through the scripture here. Uh, verse 1, he says, He entered Jericho and was passing through. Man, get this. Jericho is a big town. It's in a valley. It's got a kind of a huge mountain off to the side. It's six miles from the Dead Sea. It's 13 miles to Jerusalem, and that's where everybody was going for Passover to Jerusalem. But they're all coming up from Capernaum, and they're coming up to Jericho. And Jericho's a great big city that had a lot of trade, had commerce coming in from everywhere. And it was a booming town, really a wealthy town. And you might know it from the last time I preached the walls of Jericho. You know, Joshua and the walls of Jericho, they walked around that seven times, and God conquered that city. They rebuilt some walls out there, so it's still a pretty good fortress out there today, okay? Or back then, okay? But not today, but hey, it was known for its great big palm trees. It was an oasis. It had uh, great gardens there, a lot of roses. You can kind of smell it, okay, as you come into town. It had balsa trees. It was a great place to be, a great place to visit. But outside the city gates, you'll see it in the end of uh, chapter 18, there was a man. This man was named Blind Bart. Okay? And Blind Bart wanted to be healed. He wanted to see. So, you know what he did? He found out Jesus was coming his way and he started screaming. All right? 
So he said, hey, Jesus, have mercy on me. Finally, Jesus got his attention. And Jesus gave him his sight. The town is buzzing. If you could see all these people knowing that Jesus did that miracle right outside of Jericho, knowing he's coming into Jericho, and everybody's getting excited because Jesus is coming. The other miracle that happened is he raised Lazarus from the dead, okay? And everybody's talking. He was dead three days, and he rose him up out of the grave. I've never seen anything like it. They were mourning and everything, and it never happened like that. And they were still buzz at it. But it struck somebody. Look in verse 2. And there was a man called, uh, called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Hmm. This man happened to be Zacchaeus. Why does the Bible mention his name? A lot of times they don't even put the name in. I think it's pretty cool the Bible put the name in this time. Because his name was a Jewish name. He was a Jew, so he was one of God's chosen people, right? Wrong, okay? But he was a Jew. And his name meant righteous, pure, okay? He was far from it, okay? He was far from righteous. He was far from pure. Let me tell you, it said that he was a chief tax collector. Who's he collecting taxes for? The Roman government. You know, the Jews couldn't stand the Romans. And they found every way they could to avoid paying taxes. But, hey, the Romans got this Jewish man, Zacchaeus, to be a tax collector. He was one of them. He collected the taxes. They didn't set him up with a great diameter of, uh, you know, this is the rules. This is how you do this job. He got to make up his own. So he bid it, got the job, and he became chief tax collector. So everybody underneath him, he was getting a cut of what they were collecting. And they were paying that to the Roman government. But it says he was rich. Wow. Okay. I don't know if that strikes something in you going, wow, rich. Where did I hear that again in the Bible? Well, let me tell you. It comes back over here to a different story in the book of Luke. It says the rich young ruler. Wow, that's in chapter 18. He says, a ruler questioned him, saying, good teacher. He says, why do you call me good teacher? And then he says, what do I have to do to inherit this eternal life? And he says, keep my commands, do all this. He gives like three or four of them. And he says, hey, great, this is what I've done. And then he said, all these things I've kept from my youth. When uh, Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, go and sell all you have and give it to the poor, and then you'll have eternal life, and come follow me. But he heard these things, and he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. And Jesus said, looking at him, he said, how hard is it for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. They who heard this then said, Who could be saved? But Jesus said, The things that are impossible with people are possible with God. Amen. You see that, Rich? You see this is going to be an impossible thing for Jesus to pull off, right? Hey, man, 
the chief priests and the scribes and the Pharisees already gave up on Zacchaeus. Let me tell you why. He was a tax collector. And they told him, hey, by no means can you go to the synagogue. By no means can you do anything religious, okay? It's not. We're not accepting your sacrifices. We're not accepting anything you do. You're kind of like a prostitute, man. You're out way in the left field. You might be a Jew, but we don't even claim you, okay? And that's the way Zacchaeus is living life. He's got another thing. Look at scripture here. It says in verse uh, 3, Besides being rich, Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowds, and for he was small in stature. Well, we little man. Why was he trying to see Jesus? He was another one of these religious people, wasn't he? He was kind of like the scribe, Pharisees, chief priest, okay? He's a rabbi. He taught. He had disciples. Why was he wanting to see Jesus? I think words reached Zacchaeus' ears. Curiosity got up. He goes, I've heard this man raise a dead man from, from being dead, man, Lazarus. I knew him. I saw him before. I've taxed him before. You know? That's the kind of thing he was wanting to see. He says, I heard another thing where one of his followers, one of his disciples, was actually a tax collector before he became one of his disciples. This guy sounds pretty cool. This guy sounds like I got a chance. You know, I want to just put a face with his uh, thing. But being a Jew, get this, there's also a buzz around Jericho and the people, because this is about third year of Jesus' uh, ministry. There's a buzz that he might be the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. He's been doing all these things, pointing to that maybe he is the Messiah. I've got to get a glimpse of this guy. I've got to be able to tell my kids that I've seen the Messiah when he came through Jericho. And I'm going to try to make this happen. I'm going to try. The reason he says I'm going to try is because he was a wee little man. Can you imagine a wee little man, Trey, coming in a parade? And he's not well liked. And, you know, there's a big crowd of people, and they all don't like him. And this little five-foot guy trying to squeeze in. What's everybody going to do to this guy? Man, they're going to push him. They're going to step on his foot. They're going to kind of elbow him out of the way. They're going to try to make big, you know. You ever have somebody try to cut in line? You know, that's the kind of way you do. You know, you don't want them to cut in front of you. And Zacchaeus had a big problem. Look in the Bible. That kiss took it on. Verse 4. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was able or, or about to pass that way. All right. So he ran ahead. He's going to climb up in a tree. Now, Dwayne, when's the last time you climbed a tree? It wasn't that last week, was it? A long time ago. Why? I used to climb trees when I was a kid. Loved it. Had a ditch down there. I had my favorite tree. I always had the right limb I could grab. Swing myself up there, and it was just awesome. Zach Kiss grew up in Jericho. He knew the trees real well, okay? He knew the lay of the land. He goes, hey, I'll show this crowd one. I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to make sure it happens because I'm going to run ahead, and I'm going to climb up in that tree. Hey, look at my Bible here. What's that exemplifying? A childlike faith. You know, to accept Jesus, you have to have a childlike faith. You see how Luke's kind of putting that thing in there? 
a childlike faith. This is an older man dressed in his good robe, his expensive robe, his expensive sandals, his expensive stuff, and he's running ahead of the crowd knowing that Jesus is going to pass Main Street here in a little while, and he's going to get up in this favorite tree where he can perch himself up there to maybe just get a little glimpse of just who this man is so I can put a face with it, okay? All right, so you get in the picture here. Zacchaeus is excited. Zacchaeus is doing anything he can to get a glimpse of Jesus. And Jesus is coming his way. Look at verse uh, number five. He says, when Jesus came to that place, that place is the tree. Underneath the tree where Zacchaeus was at. Okay? That place was. He looked up and he said, Zacchaeus. Hurry, come down, for today I must stay at your house. Whoa. I have to stop right here. If I was in Zacchaeus' shoes and I climbed up that tree and I knew all the stuff I've done and I knew all the stuff I know about myself and everybody's been telling me in town how bad I am, and here comes Jesus, the Messiah, the one and I'm up in the tree and he knows my name, I'm going, oh, Lord, what I've done now. You know what I mean? He already knows my reputation. But he calls him Zacchaeus. Do you know Jesus seeks us out? You know, he pursues us. He wants to have that relationship with us. Does that remind you of his father? Back in Genesis 3, 9, I think uh, God walked the garden one day in the evening. He's going... Hey, Adam, where are you at? I want to have fellowship with you tonight. And Adam was hiding. Zacchaeus was up in this tree hiding. And the Lord knew exactly where he was because he's perched right above him. And he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today to stay. Wow. Here is a religious man. Here is the Messiah saying, Zacchaeus, I don't care about all this stuff I've been hearing about you. I don't care about your past. I don't care about all this. I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to make it right. I'm here to be your friend. I'm here to pick you up off the ground. I'm here to show you kindness. I'm here to show you love. Come down out of the tree now because I'm going to your house to stay. I think that's a cool word he put there, stay. Okay, he just wasn't visiting town. He's going to go to his house to stay. Let me tell you, I'm getting a little bit ahead of my notes because I'm just moving right along. But he's just a bad dude, okay? And Zacchaeus is seeing all this going down. He's thinking in his head, wow, you know what I got on me right now? I have got a bootload of illegal money on me. He's wanting me to come down right now. Can I make an excuse to get out of this? You know, Zacchaeus didn't make any excuses. I think Zacchaeus knew where he was. I think Zacchaeus knew the kind of person he was. And Jesus lovingly calls him down to say, Hey, I'm staying at your house. Now look at scripture here in verse number 6. It says, And he hurried and came down, and received him gladly. 
when he saw when they saw that they all began to grumble saying he is gone to be with the guest of a man who is a sinner Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord behold Lord half my possessions I will give to the poor and if I have defaulted anyone I or anything I will give back uh, four times as much what's that say Zacchaeus was what met by the Savior Zacchaeus knew he was a sinner because he's been told that all his life he wasn't a righteous man did Zacchaeus run no he quickly hurried down because Jesus called him down and says hey I'm going to your house today and he found out what forgiveness was all about he found out what being accepted was all about by the king of kings and the lord of lords and it brought him great joy but get the people what did the people do man how could this messiah the one go into somebody's house like that and stay eat supper do all this how could that be is that kiss they all knew it he was the worst sinner of all sinners he cheated everybody in the city there ain't nobody he didn't cheat they all knew it but hey Jesus had an appointment with him to rescue him right there in that sycamore tree that day. He said, Zacchaeus, come down. He didn't require him to go make some repentance at the synagogue. He didn't call him to say, hey, empty your pockets and give back everybody everything. He said, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house. You know what Zacchaeus' heart responded? It was repentance. Repentance means doing a 180 from where I was going. He was a cheat. He was a scoundrel. He was very selfish. He did a 180 and became unselfish. He told the Lord, hey, if I've cheated anybody anything, I'm going to go one better than what the law says. I'm going to give them four times as much as I cheated them out of. And just because you changed my heart, Lord, and I'm so happy, I don't care about this rich stuff. I'm going to give half my possessions to the poor. Do you think people realize the change in Zacchaeus' life? Because of one Savior, one rescuer, called him by name and said, Hey, come down out of that tree. I'm staying at your house today. You know, Jesus still does that today. That's the reason I read that scripture at the first of our sermon. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hey guys, it's not up to me and Dwayne to say, hey, your life's all right. You're going to make it to heaven. You know, everybody has to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Knowing that there's consequences to go before a holy God and to have sin in your life. We all need to make sure that we've said, hey Lord, forgive me. Help me to live like I know you like a child of yours. It's not on my works, it's by your grace. Get this. Dwayne, this is that Corey Tim Boone quote I put in the sermon just for you. It says, How amazing is grace? There is no pit so deep 
that the love of Christ is still deeper. So, hey, God's love goes deeper than what we can even imagine. We can never fall too far and go too far where God can't now rescue you. God is a rescuer. This cross, he was going to Jerusalem later on that week to be the sacrificial lamb, to die for yours and my sin. He is the rescuer. He is the one that makes it possible for you and me to get to heaven. It's not on me being good. It's not on who I am. It's not on my name. It's not on anything besides God's grace that saves me. And I want you to know that today. Because this world stands in need of a Savior. And that's the reason he came, to be the Savior of all, the Lord of all, the only one that could get it done. And he came to be that today. So that's pretty awesome. It says... One of the interesting things when I uh, was doing this, he was a bad dude. But I want you to look at the way Jesus responded to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus didn't say, hey, you scoundrel, come down here right now. He didn't say that. He said, Zacchaeus, I want you to go give all that money back to all these people. He didn't put any stipulations on Zacchaeus. He accepted him right where he was. And that's exactly what God's going to do to you today. You might be in a, up in the tree of self-righteousness. You might be up in the tree of, man, pride. But God's walking your way. He's there, knows you, and wants to call you by name. And if he's calling you, man, you need to heed the call. It says in 2 Corinthians, now is the, or today is the day of salvation. In Hebrews 4, 6, it says, do not put that off. Do not get a hard heart because he only calls so many times, folks. He only passes by Jerusalem at one time to see Zacchaeus. So you never know when God's calling, you need to respond. So make that there. The other thing is God is a pursuer. It's not that we love God so much. It's that God loves us so much. Amen. He's the creator of the universe. He's the father of all of us. And yet he takes the time to search out every child that's lost to go out and find him personally because each one of us is in danger. Each one of us is in danger. What happens, friend, if you don't accept Christ? Well, let me tell you, it's not good. He says you'll be separated. Separated from a loving God for eternity. They used to go in restaurants. A long time ago, Jeremy, you'd get kicked out of this. They used to ask you, do you want smoking or non? Jesus is asking that today. Where do you want to spend your eternity? Do you want to spend it in ashes, in a fiery hell? Or do you want to spend it with me, a loving Savior, who calls you by name, who wants the best for you? It's up to us. He doesn't force us to make the call. He's a good, good God. He's not going to make the call for you. That's the reason you have that freedom, that will. And that's our biggest problem to start with. Is because he gave us that. We made that first sin so long ago. And that brings me down to the gospel, the good news. God created each one of us for a relationship with him. 
Hey, the only problem we had is our sin. Our sin got in our way. Sin was that stuff we do that we know is not right. If I take something, if I wish bad things, it's the same as killing somebody. A lot of people, a lot of youth say, hey, I haven't killed nobody yet. I'm pretty good. No, you aren't. Not by God's standards. If you break in one of the Ten Commandments, how many have you broken? All ten, probably. You can't get there on your own, folks. Our sins separate us. Sins can't be overcome by being good. You're here in church today. You can't attend church 70 times and get there. Hopefully that a church is preaching the gospel the way I am preaching to you today. And if the only way you get in there is one way. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is so true. And he is the rescuer. He is the one that said, hey, I know my people out there. I know my creations out there declaring that I send a savior, knowing that it's a broken society. He sent one. He did the best. He did it all. All we have to do is accept him. Believe in our heart and confess him with our mouth. And that's the way you have salvation. That's what Romans 9, 10, and 10 says. So, man, we need to do that so quickly. Paying the price, he died on the cross. Everyone who comes to him, wants to know him, must confess and believe. And then we have life eternal. John 10.10 says he's come to give us life and abundance. Hey, how much do you think Zacchaeus, after he got saved, when he started giving the money back, he might go, hey, Joe, I know I cheated you. I know you didn't. That tax was a phony tax I made up on your wheels. Here's that $1,000. He'd go, and Zacchaeus, if you lost your mind, I only paid you $250. Why do you give me $1,000? Ah, just because I know the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior. Can I tell you about it? Man, can you imagine all the people he told? Can you imagine their expression on their face, knowing that the scum of the earth has accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and he's totally changed? He's not collecting taxes. He's not cheating anybody. He's not doing all the stuff he was doing. He's totally changed. But that's the power of your testimony and my testimony. We need to make sure that we share that testimony with others. So today, will you accept Jesus' call? Will you notice that he's calling your name, if he is? Will you make that choice to call him Savior, to call him Lord, to come down out of that tree? Maybe you already know him as your Savior and Lord. Maybe he's trying to call you to a closer service. Maybe he's trying to tell you, hey, there's some things in your life that aren't of me. I'd like for you to clean it up a little bit so you got more powerful testimony. He can do that. But you just need to respond. If he's convicting you of that, do it today. I'm going to close the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, man, I'm just so thankful that you give me the opportunity to, uh, man, proclaim your message here today. Zacchaeus, what a life you've changed. He started a life to be righteous by his mom and dad's sake, by the rules. But tell me, Father, you changed all that. You made him righteous because of what you did. What you did on the cross. 
You made him a child of Abraham. That's by faith. Tell my Father, help these people listening here. Help the people at home. Help them to know you as their Lord and Savior through faith. Help them not to rely on works. Help them to see that, man, the only way they can get to heaven is through having a relationship with you and accepting your grace. Your righteousness, that's what makes us right. It's not ours, it's yours. Help us to know that we are sinners and stand in the need of a Savior, a rescuer. And that's the reason you came. So you could rescue each one of us and give us eternity with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.